<laughs> this is the Gary and Jesse Talk About Stuff podcast. Good morning, Jesse. Good morning, Gary. Done like WrestleMania 3. Well done. Well That's done. Uh, exactly what I was going for. <laughs> there was, in the 90s, and I'm having pictures of jock jams right oh. now, it was that guy with that voice yep. who just always could walk into any event yep. and say, Welcome to the main event. Is he the that let's get ready to rumble guy? What was I his think name? That's the same guy. Yeah, br- it, Bruce something. If I only don't we know. had something that we could look up random facts and make sure that we aren't lying to people when we right. say his name is Bruce. Well, let me go on Alta Vista here. It has to be. <laughs> it has to be Bruce. It must be Bruce. Bruce Buffer. There. I want to say it's Bruce Buffer. Is that Buffer. right? I, I think. I oh, man, know. I hope you're right. That sounds like an awesome name. Uh, Welcome see. to the Gary and Jesse Talk About Stuff podcast, where quite obviously we talk about stuff. We, we talk about a lot of stuff. My name is Gary. I'm one of the pastors here at Living Water Community Church, and my friend over here to my right, Jesse, is the also pastor at Living Water Community Church. Yes, We're indeed. both at separate campuses. But we are two campuses, one church. And during this Monday morning, what we do is give you a little bit of a understanding of what we talked about on Sunday uh, as we talk through different campuses' sermons. We're also, on Monday morning, going to tell you about what we're looking forward to in the next week as far as preaching, as far as events and that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. But even more than any of that, uh, we want to talk about Jesus, uh, whether that is an analogy from a movie, whether it's something that we saw throughout the weekend, we're going to find some way to tie the conversation back to our Lord and Savior because the really cool thing is that it all has something to do with Him. Well, and that's, that's what we aim to do here at the Gary Jesse Talk About What's Up podcast. And if we can do that, we've done our job. Um, as long as you get a deeper connection with our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, this has been a victory uh, for us and for the Lord. So. And uh, the hard thing is that uh, at sometimes we have to go through some of the difficult talking, uh, some of the harsher things, and over the weekend we had a couple of those harsher things that I think we have to at least acknowledge. We'd be remiss if we didn't yeah. give our prayers, give our grief to the uh, Chadwick Bozeman family, correct? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, he, uh, 44 year, 43, 44 years old, passing right. away from colon cancer. That's difficult uh, for anybody, but uh, I think especially in terms of kind of what his status was, his mm. role as, you know, in the MCU, which I know we're both big fans of. Right. That's not to say one character is better than the other, but I think that was a really landmark, a really hallmark role for him, having right. an African-American hero and then to have him pass away. It's it's difficult. Oh, for sure. You know, and there's right. a, a lot of difficult stuff happening. Right. right. So. And there was just the 2020 feeling around all of it, right, that it was just a very depressing time uh, because we actually had a couple of other celebrities, a couple of well-known people pass away. Cliff Robinson, I don't know yeah. if you had heard that one, yeah. uh, was a big 90s basketball star and a whole bunch of grief centered around a lot of that. And speaking of grief, that was a um, topic that we were talking about just before we got started here on the podcast uh, past week, uh, Sunday. Uh, I took some time at the beginning of the service to just acknowledge that grief and to sort of mourn the state of our nation, uh, the state of our world, really, as the ever-widening gap between races, between public servants, between citizens, 
It seems to be something that's getting out of hand, so to speak. And as Christians, uh, we can spend a whole bunch of time on this, of course, Jesse, but uh, the sort of default is to say this one's right, this one's wrong, this one's right, this one's wrong. And what I was trying to get to yesterday, and I hope this is the right thing to do, less of what's right and what's wrong and more of just simply weeping with our world. Yeah. Uh, just simply being with our world and acknowledging that this is a hard, hard time, right? You know, I completely agree. And we've been dealing with a lot of, of stuff as a world and as a nation. And, you know, now we hear about new shootings, about new protests in Portland and in right. Kenosha and all these other kinds of places. And and part of you just goes, you know, really? when When is... When is it going to be done? Right. And 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 I don't know. I and don't know. It just feels like the world every day just gets more and more tumultuous. Right. You right. Know? That's a good word for this because um, as I look through not only the Old Testament but even the New Testament, we hear Christ say, hey, you're going to go through wars, rumors of wars. You're going to go through all of these kind of things. And we've talked about this before. Are we closer now to the end times than we were? Of course we are, yeah. uh, just because time keeps marching on. But I am also remiss to say this is the end times because we don't know. Right. Uh, this is bad. This is really bad. But is this as bad as Christ was predicting? Like, could it get even worse? And that's a harsh thing to say. But yet we also have this incredible hope that underlies all of it, right? Yeah. That this isn't it. That as bad as this may seem, it's going to get better mm -hmm. because we're going to at some time have an end to this world. Which is exactly what we talked about over in Sheldon uh, this week. You know, the uh, on Sunday's message was that, uh, what's our eternal hope? Mm. The whole idea of we focused on Revelation 22, the final chapter of the nice. Bible and the final mm -hmm. scripture of the Bible to say, uh, you know, our hope isn't in temporary things. It's not in our friends. It's not in our furniture. It's not in our money. It's not in our, even in our families. What our hope is, is in Jesus Christ. Amen. Because not only do we have the comfort of knowing that he died for our sins, but we have the comfort of knowing that he will come back again. Right. And if we are his children, it won't be with fear that we greet him, but it'll be with joy. Oh, man. You know? That so. sounds incredible. And And when you went through Revelation 22, I assume it was just an overwhelming feeling of joy at yeah. the end of that, correct? Yeah. Um, just out of curiosity, what song did you guys sing after that? Do you know right off the top of your uh, head? You know, uh, we, actually look back and see, we actually went into a prayer. Yeah. Right after that, is it? Yeah, we, we went into a prayer. And it was kind of interesting because whenever you go, and we almost always have a song afterwards. But right. For some reason, this, t this time, we went into a prayer, and it was very interesting to carry over the hope into mm. the into the hope right of talking with the lord in the midst of this chaos right right you know so i i don't know it was it was good but there was at least for me personally there is this tinge of all this stuff in the world is mm -hmm. still happening around it so right. it's it's hard it's hard and isn't that so we could chase that a little bit because even a sunday morning gives this feeling of you're on a high mountain you're experiencing worship you're somewhat uh, separated, protected from all of the things outside the walls. And what Christ asks us to do is to not stay there, right? Yeah. To not stay protected, so to speak, 
but step out into the messiness mm-hmm. is something I referenced yesterday, too. Uh, he is a savior who came into the messiness, who entered into the difficulty, and I believe he asks us to do the same, right? Yep, absolutely right. It's Our life isn't going to be easy. Christ says that. Right. And if it is easy, we might be doing something wrong right. in our right. reality. Right. So. It's not about staying safe. It's not about staying protected. It's about him coming with us no matter where we go. Yep. Uh, just off the top of my head, I have the... Uh, picture of when Christ was uh, seeing the transfiguration, right? When was it Elijah and he, and there was uh, one other one, Old Testament, um, Moses? Yeah. Uh, But anyways, the transfiguration was there, and Peter said something like, uh, should we build houses? Should we build, like, tents for all three of you? And should we just stay here? And the response was, we can't like you're not it's not about staying here it's about (laughs) continuing on it's about moving forward knowing that that transfiguration was now part of their story right same thing with 2020 i guess right in a somewhat negative way it's it's not about staying here yeah it's about moving forward with this as part of our story i mean this too shall pass right Right. it's at some point we're going to look back this in in through the lens of history and go remember that Right, but it's difficult to do that while you're in it. Oh my but goodness! It right, will, it will pass. Right, we know that for sure. And that's the message that we continue to give, especially through this hope series, uh, especially on the podcast. We continue to say, "Just hold on, uh, just hold on. We're going to get through this. We're going to get through this." And the really cool thing is that we can do that together. Yep. Uh, that's part of uh, our intro, even as we talk about why we do this. It's so that you can feel together. Yep. Uh, so that you can be connected with Jesse, with myself, and you can get to know us a little bit more, uh, get to know the sort of quirks of your pastors, uh, what makes them tick a little bit, mm-hmm. but you can also hopefully stay connected to Living Water yeah. and hear some of the events and hear some of the things that are going on. Yeah, and there is a lot of stuff going on. I mean, we're we're, we're the, the work of the church carries on even right. through this time. So. Right. You know, we are still doing the work of the church as far as Sunday worship. We're still trying to build programs and all that. Right. So, yeah, it just hang in there. It's not the end of the world. Right. It's really not. So. And part of what we want to do is to keep giving you resources and that kind of thing. And so as I look forward in the calendar on what's coming up, uh, what we have to look forward to, um, I actually have it on my to-do list to connect with our representative from Right Now Media uh, he has been giving us ways to make absolutely sure that everybody knows about the resource, that uh, we can make sure it gets into your hands. And so this can be a short little plug for making sure you use Right Now Media. Uh, make sure you log in. Make sure you get signed up. It's on for allwhothirst.com. Over on the right-hand side, there's a menu option that drops down, and you just click on that, and you fill out your information saying that you're uh, involved with uh, Living Water in some way. But what I really wanted to push a little bit was, uh, Sheldon, you guys are using uh, Right Now Media as a couple of different uh, resources, right, in a Bible study or two? Yeah, we actually have um, two or three. We have a a series of going through a year of the Bible. We Mm. have men's group using part of it. We have women's group using the video series. Uh, certain community groups are using it, so there's about three or four entities that are actually utilizing the services offered by it. And the cool thing is that it's 
everything under the sun, really. Um, you can find information on the uh, how to read through the Bible in a year. You can find information on a speaker that you really like, Francis Chan, Lisa Turkurst, all of these uh, well-known uh, conference speakers, all of those kind of things. You can also find a lot of information on dealing with what we were just talking about, whether it be grief, whether it be uh, race in America, all of these things have some sort of resource. And the reason I'm kind of steering that way is because uh, Sandra's uh, sent it to me several times. She watched uh, Phil Vischer mm -hmm. give sort of a documentary almost about race in America. Uh, if you don't know Phil Vischer, he's the guy that did the VeggieTales stuff. He's the guy that actually has a great testimony because uh, the organization of VeggieTales took a nosedive pretty hard right around like 2000, uh, somewhere in that range. Uh, but man, his testimony is that God was good through all of that and really made his story even more incredible. But he just does a great job of walking through the past years, uh, why we are sitting where we are as far as race relations in America. And some of the history is pretty frank. Uh, it holds some class citizens down. It, it emphasizes others. And it's something that we at least have to pay attention to, I think. Yeah, I mean, it's uh, America specifically, but the world in general does not have a great history of being kind to one another. Right. And and I think we need to uh, acknowledge that. Right. And we don't need to constantly punch ourselves in the face because of it, but right. we need to acknowledge that it happened. Oh, and, absolutely. And that it still happens. Yep. And until we actually acknowledge that. I don't think true reconciliation can actually happen. Which is where we got to yesterday, too. Uh, just a, a time of silence, a time of confessing, if you will. Not in a way of, oh, I have to feel shame uh, because of my past ancestors, that kind of thing. But in a way of conviction, right? Like, where have I dropped the ball? Mm -hmm. uh, have I done something I shouldn't have done? That's the kind of thing that causes us to move forward in a positive way. Mm -hmm. Yeah. acknowledging right and yeah. admitting mistakes and asking god for forgiveness in that yeah absolutely because there's like i said there's there's a history of this throughout our our world and america and and even in even though we might not like to admit it even in our churches right i mean the church universal hasn't always been kind to uh to various others right. as well think of in terms of the crusades oh yeah right. you know we slaughtered a ton of people we had that. a very harsh history right and that's part of we learn from those mistakes we don't force people into religion yeah. instead we offer the grace we offer the mercy yep exactly it we're supposed to be loving so let's just go out and love try that try that for a while see how that works huh? exactly yeah so in that vein of offering uh, Right Now Media as a resource. I also want to remind everybody, uh, September 12 is an event coming up at the Orange City campus where we are going to be streaming a conference from Right Now Media. It's called Marriage Night, and that's going to feature uh, some really great speakers. Uh, Michael Jr. is going to speak. Uh, Matt Chandler and his wife Lauren are going to speak. Uh, it's just going to be a night of laughing, a night of learning, a night of just increasing your ability to uh, show Christ through your marriage. And the really cool thing is that if you're not comfortable being around people, uh, then you can actually get your tickets and stream it at home. Uh, so you don't have to be here at the campus. You can stream it from anywhere. 
Um, Jesse, I was wondering. Yeah, I will not be. Attending. Are you going to be attending <laughs> marriage night? Uh, I, I is that will something not. that that that's not in your uh, wheelhouse no, or not I, in your to do list? I I figure you know there are certain nights that that uh, Jesse can just stay home and be comfortable with. <laughs> I think that's one of those nights. You're going to pass on that one? I'm going to pass on that one. I All don't right. foresee myself kind of sitting around and looking at people and going, yeah, no, this is it appropriate would, for me. It this would be good. kind of funny if we have a couple over here, a couple over here, a couple over here. Jesse sits by himself right. in the <laughs> middle of the room. If I could just pantomime a partner, <laughs> just be like, can you believe that, Linda? Oh, oh my man. goodness. That fits us so truly. <laughs> Linda, high five. You know that's what we're Where, like. Yeah, all of a sudden your wife's name is Linda. Yeah, I don't, why, funny, like, I don't know why. I don't know why. came out of nowhere. Yeah, I've decided my, my future wife's name is Linda. Okay. For all some right. reason. So yeah. uh, mm. 20 years from now, we will be meeting <laughs> Linda, and uh, Jesse and Linda will have a fantastic relationship. Man, wouldn't that be weird if you that actually did happen that now? would be kind of weird actually and uh the awesome thing is that 20 years from now you can go back and stream this yeah. marriage night so that's another little plug like right. hey, you couldn't make it on september 12th you can go back and stream it yeah uh, totally. maybe not 20 years from now but uh you can in the next couple of years i'm or just so. i'm just imagining that there's there's someone out there named linda who goes <gasps> oh. is he talking about me i think he's talking about i me. think he's talking about me what's his phone number let's go to the <laughs> marriage thing <laughs> you, he doesn't do phones he yeah, just does email remember so right. you can uh check him out at altavista.com Alta Vista dot, dot check out his ask myspace askjeeves.org is myspace still a thing dude Funny story. So the other day, I so I had a MySpace page, as everyone did, yep. you know, 15 years ago. Right. So the other day, I'm like, huh, I wonder if my MySpace page is still up. Sure enough, it's still up. Oh, that's fantastic. And if you go on the MySpace page and see one of the pictures, see my profile picture, wow. I got to uh, go look that up. It, I, I had got to go look that up. I had... Two mohawks. Oh, so nice. I had literally two mohawks, and yeah, it, it's interesting. And I went, "What was I doing when that picture was taken?" Turns out, I was a security guard at Dort, and I was having a cigarette in the Dort security oh, car. So that's my MySpace there profile he is, picture. There he is. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> yeah. How about that? Huh? Yeah. Wow. You need to somehow talk to the internet and get that off Gosh, of the internet. I know. I, oh, wow, buddy. I almost thought about like downloading it and putting it as my Facebook profile. Oh, <laughs> I don't think I would. I, uh, I don't think I would. Oh, I think that would be great. Just <laughs> what kind of what kind of decisions were you making to have two mohawks? <sighs> and it looks like it's not even like uh like were you going for Wolverine, where it kind of like no. comes upside? It looks no. like it's like a valley yeah. in the middle. Oh, like it was awesome! It was oh, that's awesome. rough, dude. If I remember correctly, they connected at the back too, so oh, they like made like a V. Oh wow! Yeah, it was. There was what kind of decisions? Not great. Not ones good ones. At that Not time, good. At like, all. Oh boy. So anyway, MySpace is still a thing apparently, oh, wow. and has evidence of our past that we're not proud of. I feel like. Uh, we owe them an apology because I, I often just uh, use them as like 
oh, let's mm-hmm. laugh at the fact that things go away. Right. But obviously, they're still around. They, so they're doing something, right? They, they must be. They're not Blockbuster Video. No. Of which Let's make fun of Blockbuster Video for a while. one left. Did Is you know it? That? Yeah. It's in like Bend, Oregon or I something. I feel like now they could market themselves like that one could just say, hey, we're like a tourist attraction. They are and they do. Because why not? Because why not, man? You're the last Blockbuster. Right. Like, what I would def- if I own that thing, I'd be like, Dude, we're making T-shirts. Put it on the. Uh, hey, we're crushing this. Put it on the itinerary. I'm gonna go see the world's largest popcorn <laughs> ball. I'm gonna go see Mount Rushmore. I'm gonna go see <laughs> the last blockbuster. Oh man! Then after that, though, go look at the largest bale of twine. <laughs> like, wow, what a what a terrible vacation. We uh, we've actually, I'm pretty sure this is right. We've seen the world's largest popcorn ball. It's Seriously? in Iowa. Is it really? I'm almost positive that that's true i don't want to like we should again ask google because we want to be a hundred percent sure but it's I'm do they do they remake it every year because okay, how gross this is, is that a little, this is a little scary so i just uh, i just typed in worlds yeah and it popped up it filled it out for me world's largest <laughs> popcorn ball so obviously it is listening to us yep yep Way we to go, have google. one fan in google yep or that many people are searching for it, it or it just really knows that you love that I love popcorn, popcorn balls. balls. World's largest popcorn ball, Sac City, Iowa. No kidding, Sac City, Iowa. I seriously question: Do they remake it every year? Because if not, that I is wonder. some stale popcorn. Can we just read through like five of the? Oh uh, please, there's Google reviews. Google reviews. Oh, of let's it. do. I'll, I'm gonna give you. This may shock you. It's a rated 4.2 out of five. Seriously? It's average 4.2 stars out of 5. Wow. That's really good. That's really good. That's really good. Way to go, world's largest popcorn ball. Huh. Here's the most relevant. I should maybe do it by date or something, but this was given a year ago. Uh, What a fun stop. I caught staff as they were closing, and they did not have any issues with letting me have a look. This thing has staff? There's a staff. (laughs) A guided tour would be great, and I don't know if that's currently an option. Some of the signs need to be updated. We'll definitely stop again. For what? Wow. Why would you? Once you've seen it, you've seen it. Oh, what here, else? here, you this, see the other side. This what? answers a little bit of you uh, wondering uh, if it's a new one. It's there in a climate-controlled display. Oh. Quite interesting, as it's actually real popcorn. How what? about that? All right, so two two things that just strike. That oh wow, me. this is so awesome! So here at the Gary and Jesse talk about stuff. We're talking about world's largest popcorn ball. Right. So so first of all, a popcorn ball has staff. Seriously, That's awesome. like at what point is someone like, no, my future has not much. <laughs> I gotta go work for this popcorn ball, man. Like it's this or awesome though. Like yeah, like like, you get to put that on your resume. I was I was a uh, I was a register attendant for the world's largest popcorn ball. What a what a resume builder, right? Like CEO of McDonald's, (laughs) owner of you know owner of Amazon, Jeff Bezos. Where did he start? Staff for a popcorn ball. Awesome. That is so awesome. So that's the first thing that strikes out to me, and second thing that almost annoys me why would you go twice right do you have to see the other side <laughs> did you did you not look at the top 
Like, what is, why? What else is going to be there that you uh, didn't see before? Are you going with your, well, let's just say, wife Linda, are you going with Linda? And you're going, <laughs> there's there's an unpopped kernel on that side. Oh, like, what is that? That is so much fun. Oh, Would you I, like, there's three questions that are posted on Google. Oh, please, let's hear. How and why does it weigh <laughs> 9,370 pounds? Seriously, it weighs 9,370 9, pounds. Dude. That's incredible. Dude, okay. We gotta, I, I hope that um, the Sac City Museum is listening and that yeah. we get like free t-shirts or something right just, wow and, and go check out this this world's largest popcorn bowl if, please. if you're ever wondering what you what, better go check it if out if you're ever if you're ever bored and live in a first world country go check <laughs> out <laughs> my goodness here's the really important thing so most of our listeners are going to be within the five minute radius of us here in northwest iowa yeah one hour and 39 minutes away. Really? That's it. That's it. Why are we not doing, like, let's take the Gary and Jesse talk about stuff show on, <laughs> show the, on road. the road. And, we, go and down. we can broadcast live from the world's largest popcorn bowl. And I promise you that will be the most wow. interesting thing that happens to the popcorn bowl Man, that day. that is incredible. Which says a lot about the popcorn. Does it have a name? <laughs> is it no. called like Carl? <laughs> like Carl the popcorn ball and his staff of slaves over here. Oh, like way to go, Carl. Oh, that is that is something. So what do you do for a living? I work for the popcorn ball. <laughs> yeah. Uh, you know, I well someone's got to dust it. I think it's a I think it's a badge of honor. You're like trying to make fun of it. There I think was it's a great engineer thing. who designed a climate right? controlled room for yes. a popcorn ball. How can you not be proud of like, that? At what point in your life are you going bridge building? Oh, uh, no, no, I'm taking, no. The, I'm taking the popcorn taking ball. Taking the popcorn job. ball. Should I engineer a new electric oh, car? Bro, man. you don't get it, dude. There's problems in the world, but we need a popcorn ball dispensary. I want to I wanna take this show on the road and go visit the popcorn <laughs> ball. And in that, I just looked up something else because we're also only like an hour away from something else incredible in Iowa. Let me guess. It's the tallest point, which the is right by Sibley. The highest point. In Iowa, as far as elevation goes, is Hawkeye Point, which yep. is just north of Sibley. And we've been there. We've been there. And literally all it is is it's a hill. It's a hill. Yeah. And some dude's farm. You can't even tell that you're really all that no, it's, elevated. No, it's, it's literally some dude's farm with right. a sign that says, you're high now. Yep. It's like, cool. <laughs> oh. And then we went on swings for an hour. That was fantastic. It was a great little day for <laughs> Actually, us. It was kind of a fun it day. It was a fun day. But uh, but I would encourage, if you're making the trip to Iowa, you better have these things on your itinerary. Yeah, because there's, there's... The highest elevation point and the world's largest popcorn ball. Nothing says more Iowa. Iowa than those two things. Next, we need the world's heaviest hog, and we've got the Holy oh, Christ Oh, we up. have to have that. We've got to have... I think a that's a thing. 1,200-pound pig. Come over here to Dave's. Wow. You know? That's... Uh, that's something that Iowa can boast. What is that world's heaviest hog? I don't know. I don't I'll, know either. I'll ask Google and we'll figure it out. Yeah, ask we'll get back Vista to you and we'll one. get back to each other. Um, now that we've spent about 10 minutes talking about Iowa's <laughs> incredible opportunities for visiting, <laughs> we probably better get to something that people really actually care Iowa's about. Iowa's tourism, popcorn balls and Hawkeye's points. And hogs. And hogs. There Yeehaw. is something there, yeah. 
Uh, what are you going to talk about on Sunday? What is your message? What are you looking forward to? So we are uh, actually going to be doing something that's quite relevant. I had to switch the sermon series around, and we're going to be talking ab- about uh, fear. Oh. For the next uh, month, we're going to be talking about fear and faith. Mm-hmm. And it's a complete reversal of what we were planning on. But being as all the stuff we talked about earlier uh, has been hitting, and it's been hitting hard, and this virus is doubling down, and as as we mentioned, Iowa is one of the uh, hardest hit by the virus right now. Mm-hmm. We actually have the highest growth rate per capita. Mm-hmm. I figured it was a good time to spend the month talking about fear. And mm. so I'm going to be looking at various passages actually focusing on uh, fear of, first of all, fear of uh, the Lord and then what actual fear is and how our faith can conquer that. So, and what are some of the passages like? Do you know already? Like which ones? Yeah, are you thinking so I'm about planning or? at least one on uh, uh, Peter walking on water oh, is going to be one nice. because, you know, it's that it for him it was not faith. He had faith, but then right. all of a sudden he got scared and right. it's fear of losing faith. You know? Right. So I'm going to be talking about that. I'm also going to be talking about uh, the fear of uh, uh, excuse me, the fear of. I guess you would call it injury mm. when the disciples are in the water and the storm comes and right. Jesus goes, are, are you kidding me? I'm the son of man. And he calms the storm after he's been sleeping. Right. And how sometimes our fear gets the best of us where we don't actually recognize that Christ is with us. Doesn't he even so. say, what are you so afraid? Am I yeah. making that up in my head? Or, no, uh, no, you're exactly right. And so we're going to be talking about some of those passages, just stories about fear itself. Mm-hmm. Um, I think one of the most fascinating ones about fear in the history of the Bible, and this will be one of the messages, Mm -hmm. is where Elijah is sitting there and he just, he's with the, uh, with the prophets, right? right, right. And Mm -hmm. all of a sudden they're cutting themselves and their God can't, you know, light the, the pyre on fire. Right. But then our Lord does. Right. And then a little bit later, the queen is like, I want him dead. And then he scampers for his life. Even after seeing a God who controls fire, a God right. who controls the weather, the other small G gods, yep. he's still afraid. And so yeah. to the point where he says, I'm scared, just kill me. And, wow. You know? Right. And so I'm going to be looking at all those stories over the next month. But mm-hmm. the first one I want to focus on is what is fear and what is godly fear when the Bible says we should fear the Lord. That's a big... Uh, Something to have in your understanding as you move forward in fear, right? Because he tells us to be afraid. Right. Tells us to fear the Lord your God. And And what does that mean? It's, you know, it's part of it is fear of his power. Mm -hmm. But also when we think about fear, we think about horror movies, Mm -hmm. which in reality is closer to terror. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, So when it says fear the Lord, it's effectively respect and acknowledge and be in awe of. That's always what I've kind of tried to understand. It's a a respect. It's a healthy respect, correct? And uh, being understanding of the power that he has. Exactly. Understanding of how awesome he really is. Because he can and he does and he is. Right. So anyway, that's what we're going to be doing at on uh, Sunday and gotcha. Sheldon and how about you guys? Uh, we're still walking through Revelation. Uh, we just did another letter yesterday. Uh, that was the letter to Laodicea, and that particular letter has been used a lot in American culture. It's the lukewarm church. Yeah. And so I tried to kind of walk the line of 
is he speaking to us, um, knowing that the Bible is living and active, also knowing that we don't just cut it out and paste it into today's world. Right. I do think there's some principles there that we had to pay attention to, and one of them was especially conviction mm-hmm. uh, in terms of just look in the mirror. Yeah. And is he calling us out on something? Then we got to pay attention. Yep. Uh, but we continue in that, uh, moving to chapters 4 and 5. One of my maybe favorite memories of seminary is I was in Michigan uh, for one of the sort of intensive courses, and uh, Tim Brown was the president of Western for a while Mm -hmm. and uh, did all of the preaching classes uh, as far as those intense ones. Mm -hmm. And he was a great uh, teacher that would get us up and move like we'd be sitting for a while and then he would tell us okay now it's time to go over here over there whatever and at that time they were adding on a chapel Mm -hmm. and so it was a big wide open space it wasn't finished there was dust all over the place there were blueprints laying around all this kind of stuff he brought us into that chapel and recited uh the first few verses of chapter five where uh, John stands before the throne and weeps mm. because no one can open this scroll. Mm. And just the way it echoed and the the vast wideness that we were standing in. And then uh, when he picks up the scroll, when John sees the scroll and the lamb opens the scroll and rejoices, uh, Brown grabbed a set of blueprints and like held it like it was the scroll. Mm. And it was just so effective for me. And it became one of my favorite passages, one of my favorite stories in Revelation especially. And so I'm really excited to look at that Mm -hmm. and to dive into it. Mm -hmm. And I think this is God's timing. We're doing communion. Uh, So I think that has something to do with communion, the the celebration of that meal, the celebration of the lamb who can break open the scroll. Mm -hmm. Does that Mm -hmm. sound... uh, Right? Am I on the right track? Sounds absolutely right. I mean, the whole purpose of communion is to not only remember, but also to participate with, you know, uh, Christ in his sacrifice. Right. Which which ultimately, though, uh, the sacrament itself is not salvific, draws us closer to Christ through our salvation. Oh, for sure, right? And um, our children's director, Sue, and I talked a little bit yesterday on the way out of like, okay, so what's next? And she's been doing a great job of introducing the kids to Revelation Mm -hmm. uh, throughout this series here and trying to make it accessible and on ramps that you can understand something that is so complex. And we talked about what would it be like, I won't promise this, so don't put me on record for this, but we're talking about what it would be like to have the kids sit very close to that table mm. and to participate in a way of observe observation, in a way of seeing. Now, obviously, in our Reformed faith, um, we say you have to confess and profess the Lord Jesus Christ as your Savior, mm-hmm. uh, especially in terms of membership and all that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, at Living Water, uh, we actually hand out grapes mm-hmm. when we hand out the elements. Uh, the grapes signifying something special is happening here, yeah. uh, but we also usually give a blessing with it. Mm-hmm. But that's going to bring up the conversation, at least, I hope, 
when the kids go home and they say to mom and dad, like, hey, what does this really mean or what is this, that kind of thing. Right. It's hopefully some talking points in the midst of it and gives some discussion around it. Yeah, if it, if it helps train up the kids in any way, I mean, that's that's a ultimately a benefit. The, the question I would have, and, you know, we at some point we should probably talk about this in depth, you know, is you know where where does where do people sit at kids at the table? That mm, was a that's a good one. Yeah. That was a big issue for a long time, right? Especially in the CRC. I mean, right. I remember growing up, and and my dad he gave us peppermints every single Sunday, right? Right. And I remember sitting there during communion one time as a kid with this peppermint when it said "Take, Eat, Remember, and Believe," and I actually ate the peppermint. Right. And then I got another one. And I held it in my mouth until it got liquidy, right. and I drank. You know, right. when they would say "take drink," and my dad grabbed my leg to, and he like squeezed oh. it. Oh! And he's like, "You don't do that." Wow! And I'm like, "Why?" And we talked about it right. later, and right. he said, "We we we because it's a serious thing. it's a serious right. thing. We do we, it transcends the elements, and right. you have to make profession of faith." So I know when I was a kid, it was a big deal, and we actually have position statements about it. Oh, for so sure, right? I'm, you know, at some point. I'm just kind of wondering where kind of where you're at, at on the whole kids at the table thing. It's a good question. And uh, like you said, the CRC, I remember a few years ago, isn't there a little booklet that actually says it too? Or am I thinking RCA? No, I, it's correct. I think um, the denominations that are so close together, obviously we both represent RCA and CRC. Mm -hmm. I think there's a lot of similarities in where they want to go with it, where they're thinking about it. Yep. Uh, in a very short answer, I would say it's up to the parents. Yeah. I would say it's a home discussion. Mm -hmm. um, I feel, I, I guess, in gathering all of those positions together, the table is something that we protect. It says that language somewhere, but it's also not something that we use as a hurdle right. either. Right. Because I always have this struggle, uh, this leads right into this, when I'm talking, it's time to take communion, it's time to come forward, and this and that. There is some language in our liturgy that makes it sound a little bit like you have to get it right yeah. before yeah. you come to the table. And so I try to kind of steer that to the grace side, which I think is what we're all going for. Mm -hmm. It's not about cleaning up so that you can come to the table. Instead, it's about acknowledging that you have to be cleaned up. Yeah. And I think yeah. that's the real key, isn't it? Acknowledging yeah. your need for a Savior and then understanding that that Savior is Jesus Christ. And that's what we celebrate. Yeah, I, I would absolutely agree because it's if we, if we think that we need to be made perfect and holy in, in order to come to the table, right. well, then effectively the work is on us. Right, and right. The table and we're taking all, it off of the table, right, exactly. off of Jesus Christ. And the whole point of it is to embrace the fact that the Lord did this for us right. and to enter into that sacrifice, not so that we are... Uh, holy beforehand, but so we can both remember and participate in the fact that because of his sacrifice, we are made holy in his Absolutely, eyes. right? And I think that's where you, so the question, should kids be at the table? Uh, what What is the position of kids on the table? It's complex because yeah. it has to start with all of that context, yep. recognizing what the actual table is, recognizing that the table itself is not salvific, right. but it points to Jesus Christ, 
With all of that in mind, I think there is an entering into an understanding of that. Yeah. So my fear, if there, if that's not even the right word, but my my reservation would be, do you grasp a little bit of what's happening? Mm-hmm. Now, that being said, I don't even grasp all of what's happening. Right. And I've studied it for X amount of years, and I'm 30-some years old, and I, I don't get it. I don't understand completely how Christ is present and yeah. not present and how he's in and through and above and all over the bread mm-hmm. and all over the wine or the juice. And that doesn't mean that you have to completely understand what is happening in order to take it. Right. But don't you think there has to be some sort of, I I get the complexity of it, and maybe that's where the position paper that says kids shouldn't be, yeah. that's kind of where that's coming from a little bit. I would agree, and that's the difficulty because uh, I think it's Paul who even says, be careful or by taking this and not a right heart, you will bring damnation upon right, yourself. Right. I mean, that's he says that right in Scripture. Absolutely, some, right. I, I'm paraphrasing, but that's that's right. effectively what he says. And so there has to be some sense of I I understand what this is because the ramifications for not are pretty severe. Absolutely. Uh, at the exact same time, it's like you said, it can't be a barrier towards towards Christ. Right. Because then, effectively, none of us would be able to participate Absolutely. because none of us are perfect. Right, right. So and don't have it, and we don't have it cleaned up in order to go to the table. Like that's the um, there's a song that's pretty popular now. I think it's Tenth Avenue North. Come to the table. Yep. Um, the chorus that I love is uh, he says something along the lines of "All you broken, all you hurting, all you this, all you that," and at the end of that chorus, he says everyone who hears this song this table is for you and yeah. so in some ways like walking through almost every situation you can think of and then just putting an umbrella like yeah all of you this table is for you right because of the fact that we are so complex of a, a group of people mm-hmm. there are some who pretty well have it figured out so to speak who yeah. are following christ as as well as they could and all that kind of stuff and on the other end of the spectrum so to speak hey i'm struggling i don't really understand this faith the table is in all of that correct Mm -hmm. absolutely and and if you ever hear both of us or either one of us or really any pastor say you know i know exactly how this works and i've got it all figured out uh, according to scripture they're lying where you got to be pretty wary right And, and recognize that there's not much humility there then. <laughs> no. We we I think we have a pretty good idea, but at the same time we don't know all aspects of mm-hmm. it and it's and it's part of the mystery of the sacrament right. that allows it to be so beautiful. So when it comes to things like kids at the table, when it comes to things like open or closed communion, mm-hmm. all these kind of bigger issues, yeah, it's a parent thing and if you want our opinion come and ask us for it, but mm-hmm. ultimately we we're not 100% perfect on it. Right. So Well, and don't you think, like, let's give a little bit of a definition here, actually, because you just said open and closed. Mm -hmm. Um, I grew up always hearing this language, and I just use it almost unknowingly, uh, celebrate close communion. Yeah. And there's some differences there, right? So should we say 
what's open, what's closed, what's close. Like, what are those? What does that mean? Yeah, probably. I mean, open communion is basically, hey, it's to all people. Right. If you want it, and even if you're a visitor, if it's the first time in church, come, do what you want. You know, it's 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 for everyone. Mm-hmm. Uh, closed communion is basically saying it's for members only, and if you're not a member of this congregation or a member of this specific denomination, as some churches practice, then you're not allowed to take communion. Right. So it's the polar extremes. It's open for everyone, or it's only open for the specific right. for the specific group. Close is where we say we participate in this together with respect, mm-hmm. and it's open to Christians. Mm-hmm. But uh, with be careful right. at the same right. time. So Acknowledging, right? Acknowledging yeah. that this is a real thing. Yep. Acknowledging that we want you to have a close relationship with Jesus Christ. And whether that means you're a Methodist, whether that means you're uh, Reformed, RCA, TRC, whatever, if that relationship is close, then this table is open kind of thing. So it's just complex. I think that's the big thing that we're trying to get across here. And all of that was under the umbrella of we're celebrating this Sunday. Mm-hmm. Uh, so come and join us for that celebration. Uh, like we just said, it's close. Yeah. Uh, and the really cool thing is, man, you want to have some more in-depth conversation about it. We have elders. Uh, we have care elders. We have pastors who want to have that kind of conversation with you. Yeah. Uh, more than willing to try to answer, uh, if not answer, at least walk alongside to find the answer, correct? Yeah, absolutely. Amen to that. And and like our liturgy says, you know, all who are, are all who belong, heart and soul, who have faith right. in our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, you are welcome to join in this Amen. meal. So yep. we encourage you to do so. Yep. So that's coming up in the Life of Living Water at both campuses. We have communion. Uh, we have the marriage event coming up. Mm-hmm. Um we're both both campuses are working on uh, what nursery looks like on a Sunday, what children's education looks like on a Sunday. My encouragement to you is just pay attention. Uh, we're sending out updates all the time, uh, email, video, whatever, that just kind of get the introduction of these programs into yeah. your minds. Uh, we're not lack of a better way to say it. We're not ripping the band off, Band-Aid off and saying just everything goes right away. Right. What we're trying to do, uh, I know the conversations I've been having with some of our uh, ministry support team as far as helping with the facility is take small incremental steps right. towards some of these programs being up and running. Yep. And I know that's what you're doing as well, Jesse. Um, mm-hmm. What kind of information can we give for what to pay attention to, what's coming in the next little bit, uh, what they can look forward to. So the uh, from the Sheldon perspective, what we have currently is, uh, or at least planned, now again, some things might change depending right. on how things go, but what we have planned right now is the week after Labor Day, we are hoping to start nursery and little treasure simultaneously at the mm-hmm. Sheldon campus. Um, so that's pretty relatively soon. I mean, that's two. I think that's three weeks away, mm-hmm. and so that's something to plan for in the short term. In the longer term, we're hoping to start doing some of the hospitality stuff, like cookies and all that, mm-hmm. in October. We're already doing coffee, but we're hoping to institute some of that in October. Mm-hmm. And then we're going to take a couple of months, and uh, after that, and we're going to start hopefully 
gearing up for Sunday school starting in January. Mm -hmm. So we're doing kind of a slow rollout of all the children's programs of the hospitality stuff mm -hmm. moving forward towards January. And, uh, yeah, uh, if you're from the Sheldon campus, you also know that uh, our facility is used by outside entities. Um, we're slowly welcoming them back as well based on our comfort level and their comfort mm -hmm. level. So. Mm -hmm. A lot is happening. We're progressively getting there, but who knows? It's subject to change at any moment. Oh, so it always is, right? Always is. Yep. So, how about Orange City? Uh, same kind of philosophy, uh, just nice and slow, uh, one thing at a time. Uh, Sue's been doing a great job of doing children's message to give the kids something uh, to look forward to. Uh, she's also been doing these little treasure videos yep. uh, that during the service you can hand your phone off to the three, four, five-year-old, and they can watch uh, age-appropriate lesson. Uh, we're slowly introducing more and more of that throughout mm -hmm. the month of September, uh, being able to stay connected to what Sue is offering. Uh, make sure that you're on her email list. If you're not, you can email her uh, at gmail.com and she will send out all kinds of updates, all kinds of information. She actually set a table up yesterday uh, so as people were exiting the building, they could at least get a little bit more information from her on what her plans are yep. for Sunday school. Uh, as it stands right now, October is really the where it all gears up. Yep. Uh, so if you're interested in being a teacher, a helper, uh, if you're interested in sending your children to that, then make sure that you're kind of targeting that October date to get started with that. And really... The same thing, like you said, with the Welcome Center, with the coffee, with the cookies, all of those kind of things are slowly gearing up for that October date as well. So there's a lot that's going to be happening in the month of September. Um, we're putting a lot of eggs in the basket of seeing how the schools handle it, uh, how the schools are doing, uh, what kind of uh, rates we're having as far as coronavirus and spread and that kind of thing throughout the month of September Yep. Which gives us a really good opportunity to, hey, maybe we need to make this little tweak, that little tweak. Uh, gives us a good chance to see how they handle it and what we can do to do it even better. So October is really going to be a big month for yep, us. Absolutely. And and we just ask your patience in this, too, because, oh yeah. you know, I, I understand that there's some people who are who might be frustrated and say, well, I don't want to. Be, have my hands sprayed when I come in. I don't want to wear masks, et cetera, et cetera. And there's also some people who who are a little bit, like, upset because things might change at the last minute. But we ask your patience with mm -hmm. all that because mm -hmm. we're just trying to do the best we can as leadership to try and keep everyone safe yep. as well as uh, do the work of Christ at the exact same time. Absolutely, yep. So, so keep your leadership in prayer. Uh, keep thinking about your pastors, your council members, uh, all of those decisions that need to be made. Uh, one thing that we can also mention as far as calendar goes, just coming up, uh, we have our regularly scheduled council meeting the second week of the month, every month. And as that's coming up, uh, we're inviting Dave Bartlett back uh, yeah. in September. And if you remember that name, he was a church consultant that we've been using for the past three years or so, mm -hmm. uh, just to help us see over the next hill uh, what's coming, uh, what are we not seeing, what are we not asking. Right. And he does a great job. He's been through this with so many churches, uh, just helping prepare, of uh, helping plan ahead, 
of helping to see some blind spots that we maybe don't see right away. Mm -hmm. uh, just an outside perspective that I think is a healthy thing for a church to do. And so uh, be in prayer for him, be in prayer for your council, for your pastors as that happens the second week of the month. Mm -hmm. And uh, yeah, it's going to be a great time of, he usually takes time with Jesse, takes time with myself, takes time with all of us as a as a whole for council and pastors together and just works on relationship building there on looking forward on seeing things that we might not see right away right yeah exactly I, and the whole point of this is not to just kind of check up and see how you're doing that's part of it but uh it's to help provide for us a, a short-term a medium-term and a long-term mm -hmm. vision for where we're going so right. uh it it for the average person, it might kind of seem like, yeah, they're just meeting with someone, but this meeting is actually kind of important. Oh, for sure. We would love to know where God is leading us and if we can kind of plan for that. Right. It's a benefit. Absolutely. So, so we keep looking forward to that. So keep us in prayer for it, and uh, we'll keep you updated on how that goes and what kind of discussions we have and, and uh, what kind of comes out of that, and, and mm -hmm. so to speak. But. Uh, that covers where we were. That covers a little bit of where we're going. Mm -hmm. uh, we also covered some of the Lord's Supper stuff. Mm -hmm. uh, we also talked about the world's largest popcorn ball, which I think was maybe the most important part of our conversation. Yeah, right. I mean, a lot of good stuff was said, but the popcorn. A lot that of good stuff a today. Lot of it. A lot of good stuff today. <laughs> I really, I really feel like we hit that world's largest popcorn ball conversation really hard, and that went well. Hey Jeff, where do you work? Well, I work for the popcorn ball down yonder. Between I still can't believe he has a staff. Linda, Carl, and Jeff, like they uh Man. they're handling this world's largest popcorn ball thing for you. I wonder if you can go there and eat a piece of it. Like would that make you famous in your own hometown? They would not let you do that. Why would they let you do that? I don't know. I mean, what if the I don't know. Do they If just you slip the guy a 20, like yeah, he's going to let like, you take a little yeah, uh, hey bro, take see, a little bit of the popcorn. Yeah, I just want that one kernel over there. I mean, I know you don't make a lot. You work for a popcorn ball. Oh, so. for crying out loud, Jesse. <laughs> you need to get out of here. Yeah, sorry. It's been a day. Love your face. Love your face.